Hello and welcome back, hooligans. Benji here with another episode of our mini-campaign, The Harvest. When we last left our intrepid adventurers, they had arrived at the village of Glen Hollow, only to discover many of the townsfolk had fled. Worse yet, many more had gone missing or found dead. The latest casualty, the village priest, became a horrific undead creature before their very eyes, bursting from his own coffin and infecting other villagers in his path. With the party's aid, the undead threat has been dealt with, but the village is now in shock. Everyone begins to gather at the end of the last rest, which has begun preparing for a siege against what may come in the night. Join us as we find out what dark fate awaits our heroes in Episode 2, Murder of Crows. Well, let's uh, start off talking where last time I uh, had left us, we were in front. Uh, you had just come up to the end of the last rest, and we'll start from there. As we mentioned last time, you are at the front door or almost gate now of the last rest, which this tavern has almost turned into a small fort, it seems, with two armed guards and chain mail while carrying spears in the front. They see you approaching and they make no effort to stop you or anything like that. They just kind of nod and they're looking kind of worriedly. I mean, from up in the hill, they probably saw some of the things that were happening but couldn't leave their post. And they're just watching his approach and kind of uh, nodding, uh, well, I'm, uh, welcome to the inn. Uh, I guess. Uh, thanks for your help. And, Do what we can. Uh, oh no, it's uh, it's been uh, you're coming up strange times, friends. The other one says you notice now that these two gentlemen—they're probably, I'd say, in their early twenties, uh, humans—they're twins, identical twins. And while one of them starts stops talking, the other one usually starts almost like finishing a sentence. It's kind of weird. So the first one says again, said, well, uh, you can go inside. Uh, they've got, uh, uh, they've got some, a fine drink in there. And it's a, we suggest you stay the night. And the other one takes up, yeah, stay the night. Really. It's uh, it's, it's best for everybody. Um, sorry. It came such a bad time. Usually we'd have a harvest festival about now. Right. Right. The other one says again, we have a harvest festival. That's right. The gentleman next to Locke, uh, Dimitri, says, Enough of your time, Biddles. We are going inside now. I need this very strong drink. And he starts to walk inside. Do you all follow? Locke does. So does Locke Carl. Then too. Okay. He does. Uh, Dimitri says, I'm buying, by the way. <laughs> then Locke will go twice as fast. <laughs> all right, then. So you enter the inn, and it looks like a rather spacious inn, except for the, it looks like some of the furniture has been, you know, moved to, or has been broken apart and, and some tables have been put up against and, and nailed to some of the other doors or to the windows. It looks like a fairly nice inn. Uh, there is a roaring fire to compete with the, the crisp autumn air. Uh, there's a smell of potatoes and spices and different things cooking. There's a subdued conversation inside that quiets down as you all enter. And uh, one gentleman looks up from the back behind the bar and looks at you all and goes, um, right, so... Uh, let me get this straight. You've got to. Uh, how many of you? See four, 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 uh, Dimitri, what's going on? And Dimitri goes over to this gentleman and starts. Please, I, I will get the drinks. I will. I will tell him what is going. He says, uh, goes over to speak to this gentleman. It looks like another person behind the bar, a younger woman, probably in her early twenties as well. It says, "So, good people." Um, can I help you with something? Uh, something to eat? Something to drink? Uh, take your mind off of. Uh, she kind of blushes well at your troubles. 
Um, oh. Pocket raises his hands, hand and says, I'll just need one pint and I'll nurse it all night. I'll be fine. Ah, very well. Well, um, from what Dimitri is saying to my father, it is on the house, please. And she pours a drink and hands it to Pocket uh, and the rest of you. Some bread and a uh, an ale for me, please. Thank you. Very good. She calls up about this time, the young man that uh, you had seen before running up the hill to with the holy symbol. He comes in, he's taking off whatever the vestments he had, and he throws them by, it looks like, a, a, outs- by a coat rack, and comes inside and grabs an apron. He goes, sorry, my sis. Uh, we had, uh, well, you probably have heard what's going on by now. Uh, it's uh, it's a really weird day. And he goes off to, goes into the kitchen. And the girl kind of looks back a little apologetically. Says, uh, sorry, that was my brother. Um, he's, well, I'm sure you've guessed things are kind of strange in this town. Uh, for you, miss, looks at Carl. I'll, uh... I'll have what what Locke's having. I'll I'll get a a pint and and some bread. Very good. Uh, and you, sir, looks over to Finn. Oh, I'll just have an ale. Two, please. T- two, of course, absolutely. Uh, also, uh, sorry. When when Carl gets the the bread, she goes out to the nearest window and snaps her fingers twice and. Pidge comes down from the closest tree and she kind of feeds her a little bit of, of bread too. She deserves it. You would have to, unfortunately, go outside to do this because the windows have all been boarded up. <sighs> Fine. I will go outside. So she steps outside. You go outside. Pidge comes down. She knows she knows this drill by now. So she gets up beside you and starts looking at the bread, looking back at you, kind of like inquisitively, is this mine? <laughs> of course. Of course, I kind of pet the top of her head a little bit and I reach out my palm she starts kind of biting at the bits right so she's seemed to noticeably calm down now but uh, a little on edge still i mean I, all of you are really from what happened earlier of course, of course well i give her as much as i can and i go back inside okay so she flies it back up to a nearby oak and seems to settle in for the time being uh, after a while, you start seeing other townsfolk come inside. Uh, Dimitri, of course, is there with his dog, uh, Volk. Uh, you have uh, Finn, the older gentleman you saw in the church. Eldon comes inside. He, he looks like he's walking with a, a limp and a cane. And uh, he looks around and just shakes his head sadly and sits down to another older gentleman uh, tw- near the fire who's been there for a while. Other people that you've seen, uh, that were in the procession or some that you had even seen early in the town that weren't leaving before, but it it seems like there's a lot of people coming in here and everyone is ordering drinks. seems to be the, the, the rule of thumb right now is everyone's ordering drinks, the stronger, the better. When Finn gets his drinks, can I go to that table where Elvin's at and the other older gentleman? Yes, absolutely. Uh, is that the table that's closest to the fire? He raises, uh, Elden raises a mug to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, oh, I, I see you're back. I heard there was uh, <clears throat> a bit of a commotion up on the hill. Yeah, quite, quite the event up there on that hill. I, I must say, this town is uh, by far the most uh, entertaining town my comrades of I and, and, and I have, have visited. 
Uh, does, does that happen often here? Uh, Elden kind of stops from and goes, uh, no, I don't think it's ever happened. Well, we've had some strange things this season happen, as I mentioned before, but that, honestly, young man, it takes the cake. I don't doubt that. Mr. Elden, I, if you don't mind, I would love to pick your brain about the events of Glen Hollow. Um, see, I am I am looking for somebody, somebody very important. I uh, do mm. believe that we did uh, touch base a, a bit before the, I jumped into the fray uh, of a Mr. Velos Markel. With that, the other gentle, older gentleman looks up and, goes, and kind of looks up for a moment, just shakes his head a little slightly, and goes back to drinking. Almost, you see him like a sneer on his face, like, Ugh, and then goes back to drinking. The like, uh, uh, Elden looks uh, over to him and kind of like frowns and goes, "Pay no attention to him." Uh, yes, uh, matter of fact, he points over towards the other side of the tavern floor, and there is a rather almost lanky gentleman with a long face, white hair, doesn't look old though, and is sitting there talking to somebody and chatting and just like nodding enthusiastically uh, with it looks like a very well-dressed gentleman. Uh, There is a young lady there as well as one of the other people that you had seen in uh, the procession before. They're all talking. Mm. Uh, It looks like very animated. Okay, and I look back to Elden. One of those gentlemen, Master Markel. Which one? The one with the uh... Uh, the 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 one with the uh, the rather stark white hair. A very tall and uh, skinny one. There, Uh, next to him, uh, the well-to-do chap. That's it. Oh, illustrious mayor Archibald Fendwellen. The mayor. The mayor, yes. Uh, he's the only one who wanted the job. Uh, that uh, the lady to his uh, left is Lysandria Artel. She is our head constable. And you're looking at her and something stands off of her. So you're not really sure. And then it catches your eye. The slight tilt to her ears that come to a tapered point. The eyes which appear a little bit larger than normal. This woman has fey blood in her. She's half elven. Like my friend. Well, if you don't mind, I'm going to give the my drinks to the uh, two elder gentlemen. I'm going to go ahead and introduce myself. Oh, by all means then. And we're going to cut from that for just a moment. We're going to cut over to Frank. Uh, what is Locke doing at this point? So you've got uh, you've got your bread. You know, you saw Carl go out. You know the drill by now. She's gone out to feed Pidge and come back. Uh, did you folks want to get a table or something? Or yeah, Locke, Locke will sit down at a uh, <clears throat> an open table and he'll wait for Dimitri to come back. He he has some questions, but he also doesn't want to uh, interrupt anyone. I, obviously, there was a funeral going on, so he's trying to stay as respectful as possible to people's mornings. You know, if this happens to be a place for a wake for some people. All right. So it's, it's sort of a wake, but it's an odd one. I mean, considering the circumstances, of course, this isn't a a normal funeral that occurred. Matter of fact, it really didn't even end in a funeral or ended in, well, utter chaos. Pinata. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, And some of those pinatas were people that knew. So yes, 
Uh, it's people are taking it back, but you do see some people coming up every now and then as you take a seat and they just say quietly, they bring over another drink. So you guys are actually getting a couple extra cups lined up. And they're like, thank you. Thank you so much. And it looks like a lady and probably her son, uh, older son, come up to you and you saw them in the procession before. This is the one woman that was actually the one was going towards and she has tears in her eyes and she said, bless you. She says, bless you. So, so, you're so kind, sir. Think nothing of it, my lady. I was just doing what was right. I needed to protect you all from the dangers that were in front of us. And the boy says, well, you all did. I mean, uh, all of you, we thank the gods. And you see like Elden look up for a moment, kind of give him a look. Yes, all, he looks back. Yes, Elden, all the gods. <laughs> thank, you, you know, for a fact, the all father, most followers, the all father really don't cut into the idea of there being these older gods. It's like, you know, they're trying to push them out and make room for their church in the Southern reaches. But, that passes very quickly, all things considered. And he says, "It's if you hadn't been here, I, I, I would have lost my mother. And he starts to tear up a little bit. There's a, a young lady that also comes up to him. She comes from another table and she hugs him and says, it's okay, it's all right. And she hugs the, the, the older woman that you saved as well. Locke puts a hand up and he says, think nothing of it. We were here, so that dark timeline will not pass. I, I, I have one question to ask. Um, forgive me for being a bit forward and a little selfish during your your morning, but I have you seen anyone that has come through here wearing this crest? And he shows the symbol that's on his uh, necklace and on his ring. They look at it. Uh, those people gathered, and they kind of like look at each other quietly. Um, well, I. And then they are interrupted by a voice behind you. Duh, of course they have seen it, like we all have. We get visitors not very well, not very often here. So people like you stand out, eh? I have heard that before, yes. He sits down in the chair with an audible sigh and calls his dog over to him. Volk, Volk, come here. Dog sits next to him and he actually pours, gets out a cup and he pours some of the ale into the cup for the dog who begins to lap it up and then he starts to go ahead and work on his own mug as well. Yes, I, we had seen these people before. A, a dwarf, a human, and a dragonborn, all of Havengard, yes? That sounds like the individuals I'm looking for, yes. They were here over just a month ago before they, when the harvest first started. And they haven't been back since? Did they say where they were going? They had said something. They had asked questions a lot. They, they had spoken to, let's see. Well, they had spoken to me. Of course, they had spoken to our mayor, Fendwellen, over there and his pack. They were smart enough to talk to Lysandria first because the rest of them, either too dim or too, um, how you say, stuck up. Uh, but they left, I'd say by the time they had left our quaint little village, it had been, uh, it's about almost two weeks now. Locke nods and is committing this to memory and he asks, what were they asking for? Who were they looking for? Did they give you any sort of indication as to why they were in this village? He 
pauses for a moment and looks up at the other people and they're looking kind of uneasily. And I, they wish to find the three sisters. The three sisters? You say that a little bit louder because your, your voice carries, of course. And you see several people making warding signs. Yes, uh, I it mean, is I mean a no legend. Disrespect. No, 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 no. It is a old legend. I, um, now, me being, as I said, not from around here, I I thank the, thank the wardens that you are here now because I won't be the talk of the town. <laughs> but it is, it is a legend. It is said that the woods near here, uh, that the town is partially named after. It is called, by the, in the old tongue, the hollow. That it translates into there, the hollow. It's it is a dark woods to begin with. There are many creatures in it. It is said, we tend to stay away from it. It is thought to have been um, taken care of by three. And how do you say? Looks up at the younger girl that's standing by uh, the woman's son. Just witches. The witches, these witches that control the woods. And at one time, it is said they controlled this whole region. But they wanted to search out these witches in the woods. And they They haven't come back. I am sorry to say, my friend, they have not returned. Perhaps they have found what they are looking for. Or perhaps it is found them. I do not know. I pray that for their safe return. We need more people like you. Locke uh, smiles kind of sadly and, and nods with his, his eyes drifting down to the table and then to the, the ring on his hand. And he quickly snaps out of it and smiles and and nods to the the citizens and says, thank you. Thank you for all your help. I'll I'll think on this. The uh, woman that you say is, no, 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 thank you, uh, uh, Miller, uh, Letty Miller. I, I th- This is my daughter, Thea. And, uh, uh, well, almost, and she kind of blushes, and they kind of grin. You see that there's two very new bands on both of the young people's uh, hand, left hand. Uh, they were to be wed by the father next week. Uh, but she is marrying my son here, Tal. Ah, well, I, my congratulations... And my condolences. It is a shame that you have to wait, but I am joyous that your union will be taking place shortly. They they both say uh, uh, thank you and nod. And uh, the woman then says, "But it is not just for you these things." She said, "Please," and uh, nods to Pocket and Carl, and says, "You, you all, and your friend who over there, if you hadn't come." I, I, I don't know what would have happened. He he smiles and nods and says, just as I have told the others, it's not something you need to concern you with, bec- yourself with, because we are here and we took care of it. Again, thank you and be safe. She grasps a hold of your hands and then reaches out to like to the others. will just puts a hand out like that. So all of you just be safe. And may we survive the night. Lock nods. And 
you see it a little bit and they kind of just drift off and we're going to go back at, uh, well, first of all, I want to say, uh, pocket or Carl, do you have anything that you want to do while you guys are talking about this or is anything that you want to interject or you want to check out? I'm going to go back over to Volk and just kind of sit with it. He looks up at you for a moment and just kind of pauses, almost kind of like a grin on his face and you hear, (laughs) (laughs) you get the, the smell of the ale he was drinking. He wag, he thumps his tail a couple times and goes back to drinking. Um, and you just get the impression, good water. <laughs> it tastes good water, isn't it? What about you, Carl? I kind of, part of me wants to do a kind of just a perception check just to see if there's anything out of the ordinary, anything that I can sense really. Okay, go ahead and uh, give me a perception check. So roll a d20, and I believe... Plus four. You, plus so four, 17. Yeah. 17. All right. Well, you get a pretty good, what you think, a read of the room. Needless to say, a lot of people are on edge. Uh, you're seeing that you kind of take a look. I mean, you're, you mainly, your perception has to do with things in the woods and from, you know, animals and picking up, you know, things from them. But it works just as well, it seems, this time for humans. Uh, there's a lot of tension. Some of it, they seem to be blowing off, but it seems like this isn't unexpected. It's almost like just all this has happened, but these people look worn down. They look like they've been dealing with something bad for a while now. And this is just one more thing. There's nervous, almost forced laughter coming from some tables. Uh, Most people keep darting their eyes to the door as it continues to get darker outside. There's uh, from the group that uh, you see Finn approaching where uh, it looks like there's a tall, lanky gentleman with white hair. There's a well-to-do gentleman that was mentioned before as uh, was the mayor or, and some other people. Matter of fact, two of the, uh, the two twins looks like they've been spelled. And one of the, this smaller gentleman has gone outside where they've come in and grabbing some ale and they're talking quietly to uh, the mayor and this other woman in the, the tall gentleman with the white hair. Uh, and it seems like you can't really hear it, but the well-to-do gentleman seems to be raising his voice a little bit. And he seems angry about something, uh, but you can't exactly hear it from where you are. But there's a lot of you know, crosstalk going on here. You do pick up, uh, several people talking about, they say, you know, people will, they'll say, you know, the three witches, don't, don't say that. Or what about these new people? Will the same thing happen to them? I don't know. Um, you are hearing, a uh, you start seeing about the two gentlemen who are the older gentlemen they're seeing by the fire. You saw Finn talking to one of them before, uh, are both just staring at the fire with this almost thousand yard stare, long lost look about them. And, the the gentleman that was there before that when you came in it looked like it was the owner and the boy and the daughter uh who who seemed to run this in they're quickly moving about uh they're smiling but there's a strained look on their face it's like this is terrible what happened but this is only part of it you have a feeling the description that you just gave is just all of 2020 in a nutshell, you know, forced laughter. Everyone's on edge. Uh, nervous laughter. I haven't seen undead yet, but uh, give it time. <laughs> it's on our, our disaster bingo. Um, um, mm-hmm. Have you guys not seen Donald Trump? But um, <laughs> hey. um, and as 
because Carl is a half elf, she always has to kind of be on guard. Um, mm, right. You know, it, it, it's just something that's kind of been ingrained in her since she was little. You know, be wary of people. There's people that are going to be out there that will want to do harm to you because of what you are. Um, right. So she she's kind of hesitant to really talk to people. Uh, and obviously, as you've probably been noticing, she's just not very much a, a people person at all. Um, so I, I'm thinking she's going to stay at the bar. She's going to just mind her business and focus on her ale and her bread and getting some rest for, you know, whatever else is thrown at her. So would you say that you're still like kind of every now and then you're scanning the room? That's just that's kind of your standard MO is just kind of scan the room and see if there's any trouble. Yeah, exactly. Um, always having my back to a wall, making sure, you know, there's always a point of exit, point of entry, you know, that sort of thing. Got it. However, if you try to go in the corner, there's a ranger in there with a broken sword. I guess, hey, get your own gig. <laughs> so um, the you do notice something that you hadn't picked up before, but as your eyes scan back over in that large group of people with the well-to-do gentleman and the guy with the white hair, the woman, she's a half-elf, openly half-elf. She's not covered up her ears. And... You look at her, she looks like she has almost, she has a very, you can sense the air of authority around her. While the well-to-do gentleman is, has like, you know, is more of a braggadocia and talking and seems to almost strut. She, her authority comes from experience. You can tell. She has, even inside here, she has a long blade at her waist and it looks like it's seen use. Hmm. And as as Carl does not want to draw attention to to her, to this lady, anything, would it be all right if she waited until this woman walked to the bathroom and <laughs> she and Carl were to <laughs> kind of divert and be like, hey, kind of to, to talk to her in the ladies room, you know, girl talk. All right. Well, I will say that you don't have to wait for them. Mm. Because as you're scanning over, you kind of start to look, and as you go back, you see uh, her sit to your right, and she orders uh, from the young woman. I said, um, do me a favor, Cora. Um, a wine, please. Well, do you have a certain any wine, Cora, at this point? Uh, Whatever's left. Carl chuckles and wine, huh? She turns and she says in Elven, it's something from my mother's side of the family that stuck. And you? Uh, one must uh, keep about their, their wits, so to speak. I, I'd rather not <laughs> uh, speak on ancestry, if you don't mind. She switches back to Common. And says, my apologies. No, you you understand. It, it, it's, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I've never seen someone, and she kind of gets a little bit lower, you know, like us, so open. We are in the middle of the southern reaches. It's, I've made a name for myself over the years here, and no one would doubt my intentions. How many people did you have to kill I'm to get safe that? Here. How much time do you have? <laughs> and she she chuckles and raises a glass to and you. And I, I cheers. Blink. 
Then she puts the glass down, smiles at you, and offers her hand, Lysandria, Lysandria Artel. Carlora, but you could just call me Carl. It's easier. She kind of nods and smiles. And says, Carl, I like it. So what brings you to my quaint little village? Oh, you know, I'm with a group of men. And they- I'm so sorry. Tell me about it. They They need help. And I've- offered up my services to help them. I have a sort of alliance with them. Uh, I'm, I'm helping them on their, their quest. Ah, a quest. We've had a few recently come through speaking of a quest and haven't seen them si- since. I hope your fate is better than theirs. I hope so as well. It seems that there's a lot of uh, misfortune happening. You have the right of it, Carl. The... There's a lot of rumors about this. The shorter-lived folk do hold on to, oddly enough, they hold on to their ancestry. Uh, I'm sure you've already heard some talk of these three witches of the hollow. The faint whisperings. Yes, it's a local myth or folklore. But then again, it is in the forest. Who knows what really is truth and what is fabrication? Only the trees know. Ah, they do. And it would seem that some of these myths are coming back to haunt this town. But if you'll forgive me, she stands up and says, I need to make sure my men are positioned for the night. We have had in the evenings, you've normally it's not this busy, but as we have started having troubles, there have been rumors of creatures at the edges of town, most of the farm that haven't been abandoned and people have left town, they make their way to here at night and we hold up to make sure that we're all safe. I need to make sure that all the outlying families are brought in and we have uh, my men are positioned in case there's trouble for the evening. If you'll excuse course, me. Uh, one last one last thing. Yes. These uh, three witches, they're just yes. folklore, right? She pauses for a moment and you see her. Her mouth kind of tighten. Oh, Carl, I do hope so. I kind of just nod and give her a, a kind of hand wave so she can know that she can get out of here. And I, I go back to my my ale. Yeah, she nods and walks off with authority, gathers the two gentlemen with her and uh, heads outside. The gentle, the the well-to-do gentleman is still talking to the one with the white hair, and at that point, I'm going to move it over to our fine fellow Finn. So you are now walking up. You've seen this happen. As you see this one woman, she grabs a hold of the two twins and goes outside as you're getting close to there. And the the uh, the mayor, you've been told, and Markel are talking in hushed tones as you approach. Okay. Do you want um, to try to listen in as you get closer? Yeah, just going to kind of do the whole nonchalant walkabout, like, oh, there's a lot of boarded up windows in this facility. Mm-hmm. And um, just kind of see if I can pick up on whatever they're saying before I introduce myself. All right. Well, the uh, the shorter hum- the gentleman, the uh, uh, you identified as Fendwellen, the mayor, uh, he's going on to say, I tell you, fellows, it is ridiculous. We're losing people in this town. It's going to be a ghost town before you know it. I understand 
that, Mayor. However, these, as you know, are trying times. Is uh, trying times whatever? He said, "This is going to cost us money in the town. It's going to cost." We were starting to become up and coming. We could be the next Riverhold. At that, you see the white-haired gentleman's kind of like a cough a minute in his drink. Is how very um, interesting for you to say so. Uh, I believe we might have a few generations before that happens, but uh, this is, I'm sure, just a setback, Mayor. Setbacks, whatever. I, I, I need to get a drink. Excuse me. And he walks by you. Excuse me. Oh, and, pardon. pardon. And at this point, the, gen- the white-haired gentleman turns to you, and now you can see him. You see the small horns protruding from his forehead into his white hair. You see the elongated features, and now it starts to make sense. He is a tiefling, a Cambian, someone whose parentage might have been infernal blood at one time. It's common in some more in Riverhold, not in these parts. And he looks at you and goes, Ah, one of our saviors, raises his glass. I must thank you for your help. Uh, Don't mention it. It's just... uh... It's more of a hobby, to be honest. Um, uh-huh. Not if I have a seat. Oh, I mean, he he nods and sits, uh, sits, offers you a chair as he sits down in, at the table as well. Please, please. It's the least I can do. <clears throat> Thank you. I, I do appreciate that. And please, by all means, it's, it's nothing I don't think anybody else would have done if uh, given the situation was planted in their lap like it was ours, but uh, I am humbled by uh, your thanking of me, so. You see him just kind of smile and chuckle, and he goes to go ahead and move like it looks like he's brushing something off the lapel of his coat, and he starts to make some very intricate hand gestures, which you, as a riverjack, the Thieves Guild of Riverhold, this is Thieves Cant he is using. And some of the conversation he has as well is a with a crisp bottom air, perhaps this will all clear up. We can get back to our harvest. But some of the words he's using and just the 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 emphasis on certain syllables and the way he's moving his hands, he says, what news from the guild is what the unspoken thing that's being said in this hodgepodge Ooh. of hang, hand language and words he's using behind the scenes. So he's basically saying, what news of the guild? <clears throat> Good. Great to the point. There's a reason why they sent me here, and there's a reason why they sent me specifically. Because I get the job done. I am lurking. No, I'm not. Well, I am lurking, but I am also looking for a man by the name of Velos Markel. You may know him. I do indeed know him. Mm. I am him. Gathered. Uh, you and then he off. just says, this is a, it said, greetings and well met from the merchant. He says, that is a, that's in full thieves can't. Why have I not heard from the guild in nearly a fortnight? Kind of like from my eyebrows, a little confused. Well, I have sent messengers. Why has there been no reply back? Well, I'm afraid. I'm afraid we've never received those messengers. See, they sent me because we haven't heard from you. You see him raise an eyebrow and he's. This is troubling. 
to say the least. I that means if you had sent messengers and I had sent some as well, that none of them had met or reached their destination. Where where did you send them? I what, sent them to what Riverhold. path did you give them to take? To I gave the Merchant's Road, easiest way to get back. It's a, it's not a, it's the safest road that you can have in the southern reaches, but still, even with the bandits, they should have been able to handle themselves. This is concerning, especially with all this superstition about the woods. <laughs> this ghost still is, I'm sure. I don't know. Would you call what we saw on the hill today to be a ghost story? Uh, could be, but I'm running around these woods with, a, with an orc and a, a man the size of my shoebox. So, ah, the uh, the paladin and the uh, gnome over there. And then there's the he looks over and goes, "And that's Carl. We don't we don't talk too much about Carl. Of course, all you know is that her name's Carl. Very good. But you see she what I mean? Familiar. Hmm. Ah, besides the point. I yes, I I, I see that there is some concern. Perhaps." We will talk later uh, when there is not so many ears about. Uh, however, we will be, all of us will be here in the tavern for the evening. There have been some, I don't know if it's bandits playing on these superstitions or not, my friend. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I apologize. Your name? I'm Finn. Finn. Mm-hmm. Kind of looks and goes, Finn. Gallows, am I correct? Yes, sir. Ah, good. So the guild must have been concerned about me if they sent you. Yeah, the uh, the price was right, so I took the job. But yep, yeah, sending me, it was of great concern. They needed to make sure that I found you in what, whatever condition, as long as I found you. But now it's just a little alarming to see that you were trying to get in contact with us while we were trying to get in contact with you. Something does not want just to communicate. That must be it. But I do agree with what you stated earlier. We must speak in a more private setting. Indeed. But, but later we need to stay in Lysandria, the uh, head constable. She has requested that everyone, including the town folk here, which I thought I would be perfectly safe in my own, safe in my own establishment, mind you. Uh, she has asked that I and the rest of the townsfolk stay in here for our own safety during the night. There have been attacks on outlying farms, and even as close as coming up into the city proper, or well, city is a big, large word for it, despite what the mayor thinks. The there are village, any casualties in these attacks? The graveyard has been especially popular this last month. Those there we have seen. I'm sure you've seen in town. There was a number of farms or different dwellings that have been uh, abandoned. Some have been because people have moved on to Riverhold or maybe even Stormhaven if they felt the need. Others have just gone missing. Sometimes we have found bodies. Perhaps look like wild animals that attack them, but I've never seen so many animal attacks. Well, I 
I've heard before that the Dalen farm is comp- uh, they're completely was the Dalen? no 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 the Wayland that's right the Wayland farm uh, to the north all except for poor Eldon was lost. He is his his daughter, her husband, their children, all the farmhands, all gone missing. Eldon is the only one left. And that's Eldon's farm. Well, it is. It is the Wayland farm. Uh, Eldon, he was the father to the wife of the uh, owner of the establishment. <laughs> but now it is just him, lost with his thoughts. Over there talking to the odd fellow. That's uh, a, a poor turn of events for, for Elvin. He seems like a, like a good man. But the, uh, the other fellow he is speaking to, uh, who's, who is that, may I ask? That is the owner if you, uh, of the odd fellow's antiquities. Uh, south of the uh, south of the town here, um, a, a, a bit of a uh, bookish sort, if you will, and I've sold him some rather unique volumes before I brought in from Riverhold. Eclectic taste, that one. Well, you seem to uh, find me mentioning your name quite entertaining. Oh, we don't get along very well. We've. Uh, We've known each other for a very long time here. He's, he's a, he sells things more, as I said, eclectic tastes in all uh, tomes and whatnot. I mean, he doesn't really compete with me, but sometimes he just seems to be a bit too inquisitive, if you know what I mean. And me, you know how well I guard my secrets. <laughs> I had to hunt you down just to, for you to say something to me. And these attacks are randomized. They're just happening. From what we can tell, they mainly have started in the outside of the town. That's why I would figure it'd be wild beast. But after what happened today, I'm not quite sure. Um, because if you will, however, we shall talk later. If you will forgive me, I need to uh, speak to the mayor a bit more. I need to make sure that he's not doing something rather foolish. Right, that's fair. Uh, of course, until until a later time. Again, he nods and says farewell quickly in Thieves' camp, motioning with his hand, and moves off towards the bar and then towards the uh, where the mayor is talking to someone else right now. Did you want to return to your compatriots? Yeah, at this time, I'm gonna or? return to Locke and basically tell him everything that that just happened. All right, so Finn comes back over, sits down, and fills you all in on what's happening. Um, Probably leaving out, I'd imagine, a few things about uh, yeah, Mr. I'm gonna leave Markel. Out, like me going in to, to, to find Markel and him being right. Markel. And, yeah. Right. Okay. So Finn catches you up to speed. I'm sure you're all talking about what you have heard so far. In the meantime, you would just see uh, picking at his nails, uh, really kind of listening to what you're having to say, but not too much as Dimitri. Seems to be in maybe his uh, probably third tankard by now. It's been a fun day for him. So, do you folks want to talk amongst yourselves here? Um, Locke will uh, finish what's left in his tankard, and then is Dimitri sitting with us? He's sitting with you, but off to the other end of the table, but close enough where he's trying to be 
it almost looks like he's like, I want to stay here. These are, I'm kind of an outsider. You're kind of outsiders, but he doesn't want to necessarily get into your business, so to speak. So he's kind of holding back a bit. Okay. So Locke will regard Dimitri and then he'll speak quietly. So just the people at the table can hear him. Right. Says, Dimitri, I am looking for companions of mine, members of my order. And from what I have gathered, they were here up until about two weeks ago before they left towards the forest to speak to, to, to find the three sisters. That, that is what I remember. I intend to follow in their footsteps. I cannot return to my order until I at least have answers for their whereabouts. So I ask not for protection, but for advice. I am going to find my way through these woods, and any help you could give me would be appreciated. Hmm. Very well. If you would all come with me. My bones are old. I need to sit by the fire. I think there is someone you need to speak with. But I can say this much for you. I might have things that can help you. I, well, I run Zvalog's Forgeworks here. I am the townsmith. I might have things that could assist you if what I have heard is true. There you have seen undead things crawling. But there is talk in the forest that there is all sorts of creatures linked to the Fae. And the Fae. Well, that gentleman there, he points to one of the, the older gentlemen by the fire. He says that iron can hurt them or it can stop them. It can be protection from them. Before I scoff at this, this is before I almost turned into undead myself, however. So maybe it would not be bad to have protection. Duh? Lockle nod. Rules come, to live Come by. with me. Come with me. Little man uh, of woods, you come too. And uh, and you, Carl. Mm. Come, come. I, and of course, the uh, uh, your your friend Mr. Gallows here. Come come over to the talk talk to these gentlemen. Lock will go. Carl finishes so her he- drink and stands up and walks out with you guys. I pop along. So Go over to, you go to the other side of the tavern where there's a roaring fire and there's the gentleman that you saw Finn talking to earlier. He nods to you and uh, the other older gentleman looks up and looks just looks for a few moments at you all, then goes back to his drink. He goes, esteemed colleagues, I wish to introduce to you, this is Elden and here we have Mr. Craven. They are, well, they've seen a lot of things in here in the town because they're old. And Eldon starts to chuckle at that. And you see the other one just kind of look up with a glare and shake his head. He goes, I, these good people may be following in the footstep. What was that? I say footstep. It's footstep, you barbarian. The older gentleman, uh, the one, the, the the older gentleman near the fire says, "Excuse me, footsteps of 
the order of heaven guard that came before. See, they have one of their own looking for them. I was thinking before what you had said before, Mr. Craven, about certain things that could help in the woods. I, I laugh at it before. Are you laughing now? Uh, no. <laughs> but I am thinking perhaps I can help them make it easier to find their friends and maybe find out what is happening to Glen Hollow. The first gentleman who had been smiling at you says, Please, all of you, uh, sit down, sit down. Uh, nice to see you again, Finn. Uh, yes, uh, well, what questions do you have? How can we be of assistance to you? Uh, uh, well, our saviors this day. <laughs> Locke will, um, he'll lean forward and he'll, he'll speak candidly. He says, I'm on the lookout for compatriots of mine, members of the order that I follow. And unfortunately, I cannot leave here until I get the answers of their whereabouts or fates. So I'm going into the woods after them, and I ask only for advice. What can you do to help us? The, or me, rather. I would never speak for my comrades. The uh, two gentlemen look at each other. And Elton looks back at you. Are you quite sure, young man? Locke nods and he says, This is what I must do. Yes, ah, uh, of course, duty and honor and all that. I, I applaud you, but, uh, well, Mordecai, what do you think? The Surly gentleman looks up from his ailings. I think they're going to leave here. Or at least that one, pointing at you, Locke, is going to leave no matter what. If he goes on this fool's errand. You, boy. You say you want to go ahead and find your friends. You want to go into the hollow. And a couple of people look around like, hey, hey, don't use that word too loud. Uh... Uh, well, I had tried to tell when your compatriots were here before that certain things might be helpful. Uh, you, Dimitri, you have those, uh, have some iron shavings, some, uh, iron weaponry, do you not? Uh, duh. I had asked you for Cold Forge before. Were you able to accomplish that? Uh, well, it was kind of a unique. Uh, challenge. I will have it soon. The next day, I can have them. All right. Well, that might save you for a while. So, if you go ahead and protect yourself with iron, it will help you against some of the denizens that are rumored to be in the hollow. <coughs> you notice he's coughing a little bit, and as he coughs, he takes out a looks like an old stained handkerchief and coughs, and there's a little bit of blood on it when he removes it. Do you, uh, if you all agree to go on this young man's foolish adventure, then you should all go ahead and get some sort of protection. I might be able to scrounge up something within the next couple of days. Uh, that's if we all survive, of course. And uh, that better protect you. But there is, and with that, 
He is interrupted. There is a large commotion as Lysandria comes back in with her men, the kind of small Weasley one and the two twins, and looks around to the side and then like looks to where you folks were at the table, doesn't see you, then looks around again and catches that you're at the fireplace and makes a beeline over to you very quickly. Her her hand is resting on the hilt of her sword. And she's, uh, good people, I, please, could I have a word with you? Of course. Um, we may have a situation. Two of the outlying farms have not reported in. The Grywoods and the McCormicks. They are to the far east of uh, the, the community outside of the town proper uh, and near the old Wayland farm where there has been, well, people had gone missing before. I fear for their safety and it grows darker by the minute. I need you. If you can, you've proven yourselves already. Can you please find the, these families and bring them here to the safety of the tavern? I, 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 after what has occurred today, I wish to take no more chances. Locke will immediately nod and, and stand up, and he says, I speak for myself only when I say that I would be happy to do this service for you. You've all shown the utmost hospitality towards us, and I would feel a burden if I did not help in any way I can. I appreciate it. Uh, Carl, would, would you agree to this? She kind of looks down a little bit, thinks on it just, yeah yeah no i i agree she reaches out your hand and, and and just quickly says thank you and she quietly says only you can hear an elven this is the way that you no longer can hide it's how i started years ago and her she kind of she she freezes because and she looks at you squeezes your hand just we will talk and then says, thank you. Thank you so much. Mm, just- she then turns and kind of looks for one and looks down to Pock and goes, and you, gentle gnome, would- I-, I saw you fight with out, out there. We-, we could use your skills. I mean, of course I would come. Thank you. Thank you. And then finally, Lysandra looks up to uh, Finn and goes, I saw you fighting as well. You ran towards the fight. We can need someone of your bravery out there. These families are in danger, I think, if they are left out in the outskirts as it becomes as night falls. Please, would you go with uh, go with your companions and bring these families back to the safety of the tavern? Uh, well, um, yeah, I, I guess. Um, the yes, yes. Um, the the older guy who's Mordecai goes. There's money in it for you. Oh well, then definitely. I mean, I, I, I pride myself on bravery. <laughs> Looks over at Eldon. He goes, "Told you so." <laughs> um, they, they kind of like Eldon. Kind of looks a little, blushes a little bit, and they both kind of chuckle. And they said, uh, "And the Mordecai speaks again. He's all of you, really. It's uh, least we can do for what you've done so far. Um, I'm sure that there'll be some sort of compensation." Justin. Um, I would like to look over at um, Locke and Frankie. Do you still have 10 out of your 15 points? Uh, I do, yes, for my lay on hands. Yeah, so I'm just going to cast Healing Word on him. 
on me. Yeah, on you. Wait, did you not get hurt? Okay. Or did you get hurt? I did. I, I did. I did get hurt. I uh, uh, I received five hit points of damage. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to risk that, you know. Especially considering what you've seen it done to others. Well, you got all five Save. of your hit points back. So. <laughs> Thank You're you. Welcome. Damn. Uh, Lock nods in thanks to you, Pocket, and uh, flexes his his arm where the damage was done, and, and nods again. Uh, satisfied with the result. Great. All right. So uh, with that, Sandria once again nods and, and thanks. Uh, so she gives general directions that if you travel along the main road towards the east out of the town, you're going to come up to the uh, – once you're outside and you start seeing it become more farmlands, the Grywood Farm is a small one to the northeast. You'll get to that one first. Next is the Wayland Farm, and it's easy to spot. Nothing but cornfields as far as you can see, uh, overgrown now, unfortunately. And beyond that is the McCormick Farm. So uh, there's the the – Rywoods, they have, there's the, uh, there's the couple with their young child, their boy, and the McCormicks. They have, uh, there is the couple with, they have a daughter, uh, teen years and a young boy, their son. Uh, if, if you can bring them back safely, we would very much appreciate it. I'll make sure that, uh, that we keep the roads clear. So there's nothing stopping you from coming back, and I will be setting guards up to make sure that we have no trouble from the north. Very much appreciated. And she starts to, well, and I said, there's one other thing. I, 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 I implore you, if I may. It's you, speed is of the essence. It is not the dark only that I fear. It's... Um, and she seems to kind of stammer for a moment, like looking around like she's almost embarrassed to say it. And then the cranky old guy, it's the fog. You'll want to go get back here before the fog comes in from the north, from the hollow. Around what time does the fog traditionally arrive? You've got about an hour, maybe. It depends what it feels like doing. Um... Lockle nod. Did we arrive here with horses? Yes, you did. Perfect. Then Locke will immediately stand to attention and say, well, then we haven't a moment to lose. Very good. Well, good luck. He goes back to his drink and Lissandra kind of frowns at the old cranky guy. Yes, please. Is it if... Uh, We'll make sure that we're taking care of things here. We'll have it open to make sure you get back. But as Mr. Craven said, please try it. If you see the fog rolling in, make all haste. And with that, she sets out with the rest of her men. And you're free to do what you want. Locke will begin preparing to head out. All right. Anyone else have anything they want to do before they leave the tavern? I'm going to try and talk to the merchant alone. Okay. He, you start, you start going over to him and he looks up at you. And goes, ah, yes, Mr. Gallows. Um, well, uh, I'm afraid I'm going to have to be taking part in a uh, bit of an adventure. 
Atlanta. So my time here is going to be coming to an end. We will talk later, I'm sure. I, I would hope that you will return. Well, we at me too. Um, but in the case that uh, my uh, my taking of this situation that you your town has found yourself in turns out to be the complete opposite of how I, I perceive it, I would like to make a contingency plan in the case that I do not return. Ah, um, if that is the case, sir, I will, based on what you have told me, make a very expeditious retreat out of this quaint little village and make sure I return to Riverhold very quickly. Sounds good. And I will here. bring word of I, your unfortunate demise, but I hope it doesn't come back to that. Perhaps when this is over, this terrible business, we might both return to Riverhold. I think my time here is coming to an end. Things are a little bit more challenging than they once were. Well, that would be quite grand. But I will make sure that regardless of what happens, that you are compensated should you return healthy. Much appreciated. Of course. So, what did they ask you to do, Lysandria? Um, well, it's basically your standard uh, rescue. But, uh, oh, let me little... guess. Bleeding hmm. hearts want you to rescue the poor farmers. Something along those lines. They're talking about fog and to run away from it. I'll probably be more than likely back by, by tomorrow evening. Oh, I would hope you were back this evening, really, if that's what they say about the fog is true. I mean, I've heard... Well, and he kind of looks around. Can you keep a secret? So can I. Good luck. <laughs> he just pleasure. smiles. In, you know, hand, uh, he raises his glass in a toast and wanders back over to the mayor. All right, so you get that, that's a pretty quick exchange, and everyone's gearing up and getting ready to go, so you all set out... Uh, the road travels outside of town a little bit to a northeast pass. Once again, you're passing more towns and there's still some, there's lights uh, coming on because it's starting to get darker now. So you're seeing some fire, a torchlight or candlelight from different homes. Uh, it looks like you see the constables, uh, some of those, the twins and the weaselly looking guy are working with Lysandra that are like lighting torches every, uh, like about every, maybe about uh, every other house. So there's well lit pass. And other, you see more people passing by you going towards the tavern uh, and the safety therein. Let's go ahead and forward on just a little bit. We're going to, so your travel outside of the town, it's fairly easy. There's nothing, you know, nothing bad happens really. It's kind of quiet. It's eerily quiet, matter of fact, because those people that are in there still, they're being, they're locking their doors, they're boarding them up. You're seeing some people like peek through the curtains as you go by, but otherwise there's no interaction. You find yourself uh, working at, as you grew further and further out of the town. 
you start seeing more farms or different places like that. There's like an old winery that looks like it's abandoned. It says the Digby Winery on it. Uh, there is, you can see it looks like probably an orchard out to the north by the Felreve River. And you come up on what had been described to you by Lissandri before as the Grywood Farm. It's a really small farm. They've probably got a couple of, not even like maybe a half acre at this point, uh, different uh, crops in there. Unlike some of them, these are well tended, it looks like. So they have been here. They haven't left. And uh, the house itself, however, as you approach it, uh, it looks like maybe a two-room house. Uh, it, it looks, it's dark. There's no candlelight and there's no firelight nearby or any signs of uh, people are inside. What do you like, want to do? Hmm. Um, I'm going to do a perception check. Okay. Just to see if there's anybody waiting for us, hiding behind bushes or anything I'll like that. I'll look as that. well. And okay. also... Go and give me perception rolls. <laughs> uh, Locke sees nothing. I ain't found shit. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and stealthily kind of tr- trace around the house. Okay. So you're going to kind of a little bit of roundabout path to mm-hmm. try to get up there? Okay. What about you, Carl? I got a 15. Okay. And um, uh, pocket roll a 24. And pocket? Ooh, Pocket sees everything. (laughs) Uh, All right, so let's go about this. So to set the scene, so right now you've got Finn is going around, stealthing around the side. Do me, give me a stealth roll, will you? Uh, Yeah. AJ, just see how quiet and sneaky you are. I got 24. Yeah, you are the wind. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, you're able to get up there. And once again, it's kind of, it's, the nights are turning colder. It's so a brisk in the air. You're seeing, uh, you're able to move. And there's a lot of, you're able to, with that score, you know, there's leaves on the ground, twigs, everything you could break on it. You, you pass without a trace. Nothing hears you. A I mouse could fart and it'd be louder. <laughs> uh, so you're able to get by. But what's getting to you is how really quiet everything is. Even to your ears, even though other people wouldn't hear it, you step a little bit wrong on a twig and it sounds like a boulder to you. It, the closer you get to the house, there's this unease that you just don't hear anything like any, there's not any signs like crickets or, or, you know, wildlife you would you normally hear. There's some like night birds that you should be surely hearing by this point, but there's nothing uh, going over to, Carl, what did you get again? I believe, uh, if you wouldn't mind. I got a 15. 15, thank you. With a 15, you're looking at, as you usually do, you're taking in the whole area and seeing what you know possible dangers there are, seeing if you can pick anything up. And there's really nothing that you're picking up on. It seems, matter of fact, just like Finn, it's unusually quiet. You should be hearing some like you know wildlife or things like that, but it's nothing. Uh, you don't see any activity or any, like you said, once again, there's the, the, the house looks dark, but it doesn't seem like there's you know, any other things unusual besides that. Uh, now pocket. Yeah. Pocket you, as you're coming in, because you're having to cross the crops in here and it looks like there's a, a number of pumpkins and squash and things like that they have. And as you're going through, it's, you're noticing something. There seems to be a lot of, well, bird shit on the ground covering a lot of the pumpkins. And you're looking up and it's like, there's not that many trees around here. Sure there is, but still there's like a lot of it around here. Maybe, and it seems like a lot of the pumpkins have had like, you know, maybe 
looks like birds have been, you know, feeding on them, like they've been left alone. Uh, there's no sort of scarecrow or anything nearby to keep them away. And uh, so it looks like there's been a lot of birds here recently. But as you look even closer, as you're, you're moving towards the house, there seems to be a lot of, well, bird shit on the, the, the roof of the house and around the eaves. And to a point as you're getting you're smelling it now. And it's this, you know, kind of acrid smell to it. This, you know, being someone whose nature is your calling, this is very odd to see it like this. It's like more than it should be. And it's making you feel uneasy. Now, speaking of uneasy, uneasy Pidge, who is on your shoulder, Carl, mm-hmm. is doing that tap dance again, but is looking around in this head, you know, the head kind of turning like the owls do and just like looking at things and going, you get the impression it's like, something's not right. There's something off, especially if there's no animal noises anywhere. Right. Right. And then lastly, Locke looks okay to me. (laughs) Everything is just fine. It all looks fine. And then wait, 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 wait. And I, I look over at um, Pidge um, and see the tap dancing. And I at this point, I feel like I've gotten used to the bird. Yeah, you would have in your travels. And I yes. see if I can do it. And I snap twice to see if it flies over to me. It looks over at you. And here's the snap. Looks over at you and it swivels the head. And you, you've never heard this before. You swear you heard an owl laugh. <laughs> <clears throat> well, it was with a try. Oh, yeah. I was trying to talk to it to see if it could help calm it down, but I'm also very uneasy. Well, you know, but with that laugh, it kind of just looks at you and you sense it kind of calms down a little bit. Yes. (laughs) Well, it worked, I guess. Um, And I see the head kind of swivel around a little bit and it's like, okay, yeah, that was funny. And I point out to the rest, I say, tell me, um, have you ever seen this much? bird excrement and not a single bird and not a single tree yeah no i've i've noticed there's no animal noises and pidge here is freaking out something's wrong i think we should probably uh keep moving Kind of uh, keep our heads on that proverbial swivel. Because any further, we're going to be at risk of something. Because this type of quiet, this eerie silence, that's not uh, something we should take as a joke. Locke will, will nod and he'll step forward he'll take his you know he'll put his shield back on his arm and he'll have his his warhammer at the ready and he'll nod to his compatriots before stepping up to the front door and giving it a quick knock okay so you knock it sounds like it's a you know booming echo because in all this quiet comparatively and there's nothing there's no response Everything remains after the sound of that knocking quiets down. A little bit of that echo goes away. It returns to that eerie silence you felt before. Is this the Grywoods or the McCormick's? This is the Grywoods. <clears throat> I will um, 
Locke clears his throat and knocks again a little louder, and he says, Grywoods, my name is Lochnar. I am here to see that you are safe and sound and usher you back towards the village. As you finish that sentence, because you put a little bit more emphasis on the knock, the door creaks open. And from what you're able to see, oh, oh, I have, now this is something, bad DM. What, since it's getting dark now, what are you using as light sources? Um, I have dark vision. Lock. I'm using pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Lockinar has dark vision. Okay. Um, so he he's all right. I believe you should. I, I believe the only person that might have a bit of a difficulty would be Finn, mm-hmm. but he's pretty used to working in the dark too. So, and there's enough of a moon out. It's probably about a three quarter moon at this point. So you're, you're able to make your way still. It's a little more difficult for you, Finn, but once again, you're used to working in the dark. You can maneuver around. So you're not having too much of a trouble, but as the door opens and the moonlight comes into the room, you see them. The Grywoods. Del Grywood, father, probably some would have been around 40 years old. You had been told Maris Grywood is his wife by the other villagers. And then their son would have been about 14 or what's left of him. All of them lie sprawled in the small cabin, dead. Uh, I was going to investigate the bodies and kind of maybe just see like how long they've been there. Do you have any skill in medicine, Finn? It'd be about in the middle of your skills. No. If not, a straight wisdom uh, check would do it. Okay. Let's do that. 17. With the 17, you may not know about, you may not know about medicine, but you know about death. And it looks like they have probably been dead for, uh, you would guess nearly a day. So it happened probably early, the early hours of the previous morning when it was still dark. They appear to be covered in small puncture wounds and scratches. Can I look around to see if there's anything like a window broken, like something came in? Sure. And did this? Uh, what? Let's go ahead and give me a, let's do an investigation on this one. See what you come up with. 16. 16. Mm-hmm. So Finn starts working around and looking at the different, and you do see that there is, there seems to be a number of broken, uh, uh, broken panes of glass. And there's blood, you notice, Finn, on some of the glass and black feathers. It looks like they, uh, they bit it earlier this morning. Judging by that window, something came in. And I'm going to grab one of the feathers and I'm going to show it to them, like from the moonlight. I'm going to look at the feathers and then the bodies and look to Carl and say, Carl, now these bodies, do these puncture wounds look like peck marks from birds? And I'll, I'll get a little closer and I'll ask the almighty GM. Well, the almighty GM or me says, um, tell you what, give me a nature. Check. Oh, a nature check. Okay. At advantage. So you roll 2d20s and pick the best and then add your uh, nature skill. 17. 17. 
All right. Because this is, you're familiar with especially birds and things like that with your calling. Looks like rather large crows. She'll peer down a little bit. And that it looks like looking at that, those, you're, you're looking at the markings, right? On their bodies. Looks like many, many crows. And you start noticing there's more feathers and blood in the house. You know, we're, with the moonlight, you're only able to pick up so much, even with your dark vision, but you're able to really kind of look at this now. It's all coming together. These scratches, it looks like swarms of crow or something, some sort of like bird like that came in and attacked these people, which is unheard of, something like that, coming into a house and attacking people. So she, she gets down. She's looking at these uh, peck marks. Seeing the multitude of them, the feathers, everything. She looks down, looks back up at Locke and goes, this was a murder. Oh. Oh, wow. Damn it, Morgan. Damn it. You took my joke. Oh, okay. Man. Also, Pocket, this is rather unusual. You've never heard of birds on their own volition, especially murder crows, doing something like this, going into someone's house. And at killing a family this viciously, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it defies the natural law. There's something very wrong here. Um, I, I'm gonna go pick up the nearest feather. Okay. Um, and I would like to inspect it, see if it's a normal crow or if there's any sort of magical properties to it. Okay. You twirl the feather around, looking at it, feeling the the length of the feather, and you focus in on your innate talents and your connection with nature. Yes, it's a normal crow, but there's something else there, some sort of force behind it. You can't quite put your finger on it. Ah! You start hearing, then you all hear from outside sound call of crow. But it's a big one. As you move towards the door, Locke, you're the first to spot, that, spot this. As you're moving out to the door, you just now notice it. On the inside of the door is a small strange doll made of moss and twigs and appears to be secured to the door with looks like what maybe bone or a thorn or something and as you move the door aside that's when you see it at the other end of the field there is a humanoid form large shoulders hooded hunched over with a staff in one hand a clawed talon hand from the hood comes an elongated beak, and its eyes glow as it tilts its head and looks up to you. And once again, you hear that cry. And then it speaks. Why are you here? I think he's you. We're searching for the farmers. We found them. We found them. 
Yes, found them. <laughs> Are you responsible for this family's death? No. Pets? 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 Lock. Friends? Locke will uh, step past his compatriots towards this bird man and say, I've heard enough. So have I. You talk too much. Food doesn't talk. And that's when you notice in the tree lines away from you, the trees, the leaves start to move. And you realize they're not leaves. They're dozens and dozens of crows. And that's where we'll end tonight's game. Oh, yeah. Damn. Ooh.